like an eight or nine year. Maybe you're, you're not even saying ten because you're so spiritual that, you know what, I'm going to leave it a nine. <laughs> it was a good year. It was probably one of the best years you had. Success in business. Work was great. You got all A's in school. Good family relationships. New friendships. Finances were great. I mean, you had money to throw in the air. Just such a great year. New and exciting adventures. Great holidays. You got everything you wanted in Christmas. and It was just such a great year. You were like sad that it ended. So what will you rate 2015? What will 2015 be, like, be for you? What about your relationship with God? How will you rate that? How was that? Did it grow? Did it flourish? Or did it stay in the same place? Actually, did it actually went a little back? You know, my, my, my goal today is to encourage us. You know, when, when we get a new year, it's, it's great to think about the things that happened in the past that were not that great. But also the things that can improve, the things that can get better. So I want us to encourage and give you a positive perspective about the new year. So why don't we start with a prayer? Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you very much for this uh, 2015 and all the great things that happened, all the miracles and all the great things that you, you did for us. We're so grateful that we made it another year. I uh, pray that today we can hear your word. I pray that uh, as we start the year, we can start, you know, putting our minds into your word and, and really be transformed. I pray that today you be with us. You be in this room. You be with me. I pray that you put me aside and that we can just hear your voice speak into our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, so before I start, I actually have to tell you a story. If you like stories. But, uh, you know, three years ago, um, I have this friend that for Christmas I decided I'm going to give him a, a, a present, right? Because he's my friend. He's a good friend. So I give him a present and, and you know, he didn't give me a present. <laughs> you know, and I, and I thought maybe he forgot or maybe, you know, maybe he was not doing good financially or I don't know, you know, just probably didn't think about it. So, okay, you know, I let it go. You know, that's the point of giving, right? <laughs> So the next year, two years ago, you know, for Christmas time, I kind of remember. That's about Christmas. Just came to my mind a little bit. And I decided, you know, I'm going to give him a gift. Because he's my friend and I, you know, I really like him and just want to give him something. So guess what happened? Nothing. You know, at this time, you start really get, is he really my friend, right? I mean, and you have to start checking your heart, because, again, the point is giving, not receiving. So this year, you know, he's still my friend, by the way. You know, I thought, okay, should I give him a present? Maybe he doesn't, you know, he's not into that. But, you know, I just, you know I'm going to give him a good present. I said, you know, I'm going to buy something nice for him and, and I'm just, you know, just going to give to him. So guess what happened? <laughs> this year. Christmas came. Ain't nothing. 
But I'm fired up because actually two days ago, he came to my house and delivered a present. I don't know if he felt bad or something, but I, I'm so, I was so excited about this present. I actually brought it. And I haven't opened it, so I'm going to open it in front of you. If you don't mind. So hopefully, you know, he's, he might be here. it is. I mean, I'm excited. There's definitely something in there. Better be something good. I mean, three years, waiting, I mean, waiting three years and he finally gave me something. I mean, I just, you know, I just want to honor him by doing it in front of him. So, you know, I'm just going to go for it. What do you think? It, again, what do you think it is? Socks. Hopefully it's not socks. A Bible. I don't like this. That's how I open presents. I actually really like opening presents. I will tell you another story, but I know you want to see what's in here. I want to see what's in here. Glow candles, deluxe, unscented. Hopefully it's not that. It's one of those gifts. Alright, well, it looks nicer. What do you think it is? An Xbox, not an Xbox. Could be an iPhone, right? Could be an iPhone 6S. I mean, it's been three years. It was, there should be something good. <laughs> Woo! All right, here we go. Moment of truth. <laughs> Definitely not an iPhone. It could be an Apple Watch though, right? I mean, it's kind of like... <laughs> hopefully I'm so excited to see here. Thanks man, appreciate it. What do you think it is? One more box. One more box, hopefully not. Right, here we go. The watch. Moment of truth. waiting. How does, hopefully that your Christmas was not. That's an illustration for the scripture we're going to read right now. Go to Luke. Luke 13 verse 6. Well, thank you. You can leave it there. I don't mind. I can pick it up. Luke 13. See if this works. If you're paying, you know, if you're taking notes, uh, the title is "Be Fruitful." And uh, if you can, can you actually click for me? Or... Right. So Luke 13. Let's read it together. Then he told this parable: A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went and looked for the fruit, but it did not find any. He said to the man who took care of the vineyard. 
For three years I've been coming to look for fruit in this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why do we use up the soil? So the man replied, Leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. And this is one of those parables that sometimes you can't miss. It's a you probably heard the verse that is right before this is repent or perish. But hey, you're very familiar with that. You know, Jesus used parables to illustrate spiritual truths. And parables are those things that actually they go through many generations. Sometimes you, you learn something from, from it and maybe you're in a different stage of life and you see it from a different perspective. You know, parables is basically the essence. It's the liquidity of God's essence. This is God's wisdom. So we're going to learn from that today. You know, for, for example, when you think about the parable of the prodigal, uh, prodigal, prodigal sons, now you say? <laughs> you know, one, sometimes you can relate to the younger brother who went away and you know, was a rebel. Sometimes you can relate to the older brother. The stay behind and nothing happened and you're mad. Sometimes you can, you can see the father's perspective and the love that he gave. Just the acceptance that he had. Or sometimes, you know, you can think of the sacrificial lamb that was sacrificed for, for, for them to be united again. Or sometimes you think of the ring that represents the seal of the Holy Spirit. Or, or you can think about the, just the fellowship that they had, just like the fellowship we had with God. And many times we can see that, in the whole, and, I, and I know that this morning some of you are going to hear something, and some of you are going to hear other things. And that's God working in our life. Today you're going to hear God's word. God wants to talk to you. And, and, you know, and as we read this story, there's a man that plants a fig tree on his vineyard. And you know, apparently this, this was a common, you know, to plant a fig tree in your land. So you want, you know, you want his fruit. Um, you know, for three years, he's been coming to this tree and has found nothing. And he's been coming and he's looking for fruit and he's eager to find something and finds nothing. How disappointing. When you're expecting something, you've been invested in something and there's nothing in return. And every, every year he looks and he comes every year. So he calls his gardener and he, and he asks, why is this tree still here? It's taking up soil. Taking out nutrients from the land, he's taking out water. Cut it down. Makes sense to me. I don't know if it makes sense to you. And the guy taking care of it, he says, hey, "Leave it alone one more year. Let's give it a chance. I'm going to try to do something different." And we know that this is—we're not talking about agriculture here. We're talking about you and me. And this, this story. The, uh, the owner here is symbolic of God. And the fig tree is symbolic of men. And the, and the caregiver is Jesus interceding for us. Amen. You know, the first thing I want us to look at is that this tree was planted in there. This was not a mistake. This, doesn't, this didn't happen by chance. This was on purpose. God planted it there for a specific reason. There was no accident. And, it, and it's great to think about that. You and I have been planted here with a purpose. 
with a specific purpose. And that purpose is to give fruit, to be fruitful, to multiply. You know, when we think about the places that we've been born in, or maybe the family we've been born in, sometimes we don't like it. And you, you know, many times you wish you would have been born somewhere else. We were born across the street or with a different family or a different ethnicity with more money. Probably if you were to choose, you would not be here. But God chose for you. And He planted you here. If you're visiting today, God wanted you here. If this is the first thing, the first of the year, you want to take things seriously, there was something that brought you here. Maybe somebody invited you, this is your first time, and maybe you're coming back. God wanted you here, and He has a purpose for you. And, and, and we're going to go look into that a little more. You know, God knew you before you were born. Uh, I don't know if you know, but my wife is expecting a baby. I think it kind of everyone know. It's so exciting. I'm excited. And um, we, we went and took a picture. You know, you, you go and they do the ultrasound. I, I call it a picture. <laughs> they do the ultrasound. And, and it's crazy technology now. I mean, it's, you know, first you, can't, first you kind of see the little... You know, just kind of the head and the little legs. But technology actually has gotten a lot better. And I'm actually going to show you a picture of my son. It's a boy. It's going to be a boy. Can you put that up? How crazy is that? I met him already. Before he was born, I mean, I can see it. I can see it. Can you see it? Right? Is it just me? There's the ears, there's the mouth. He's like, like this. He's fired up. You know, when I look at that, you know, and I talk to the, you know, you, you know, your parent, you, you, know, you talk to the, to the belly, and it's funny, but every time I talk to him, he just, you know, quiets. It's, if he's moving, he just stops. He knows who's the boss. You know. We got that down already. <laughs> but when I, when I think about this, I think about that scripture. Before I inform you, in the womb I knew you. God knew you before you were even born. Before you were even formed. When you were a seed, God knew your potential. That you existed somewhere in the universe before you were even born. And He knew you. You know, I, I feel love already for this baby. It's, you know, and, and like Rob was saying, I'm already thinking about His future. I want Him to be fruitful. <laughs> you know, we've been praying for Him. I get excited. I'm so excited. And it's the same with God. Before you were even born, before you were existed, before when you were a seed, He saw you and He knew you and He loved you. He loved you the way you are. He created you the way you are. And when, when we sometimes say, you know what, I, I wish my circumstances were different, God said, no, I put you there for a reason. 
And my goal is so that you will be fruitful. You know, I can't think of a way that I will put my son in danger. That I will think about, you know, we're going to do this to put him in danger. There's no way. And the Bible says that if we that are bad can give good things to our kids, how much God will give to those who love Him. It's so incredible to think that you are here at this time and age. In this season, 2016, you could have been born in 1500. If He would have chosen, because He knew that you existed already. He would have said, you know, 1500, you know, you might not have survived because all this kinds of crazy stuff back then. But He put you here at this time. You have a specific purpose. You have a specific purpose. So incredible, so encouraging to think about that. You are planted. You have been planted here. Can you say that? I've been planted. You've been planted here. That's so important. Because sometimes we have this low self-esteem of who we are, the way we look, the way we speak. But God put you here for a reason. And I, and, I, and I love that. I just love to think that God is looking before you were, in a, before you were born. Before there was nothing good about you. He knew the potential. You know, if you look at a seed, you can't really tell what it is. I mean, unless you're like an engineer, botanical engineer. If you look at a seed, you're like, oh, whatever, I don't know what this is. But God knew you. God knew the potential. God knew what it will come out of you. But you will give us a fruit. The second thing I want us to look at is God's expectation. Because it wouldn't make sense for somebody to take a seed, to preserve it, to take care of it, to plant it on a, a specific place, to guard it, to give it water, to protect it, to provide for it, to put a caregiver on top of it, if he didn't expect anything from it. It wouldn't make sense. That He will go through all these things to put you in a place if there was not a purpose for it. And if He didn't have an expectation for it. Very interesting. I really like the idea of thinking that God will come to your life every year. You know, we're not in Pluto. We're not in Mars. We have 360... You know, the Bible says that in time that God actually will come every year. He will purposely come and look to see if there's fruit in your life. The word fruit actually in Greek means to grow. The, the way it's used here is it's actually to grow, to increase. So what God actually is coming into our lives every year is to see if you have grown. It's to see what you have increased. It's to see, you know, when you became a disciple, how is it now? Have you grown? Do you grow this year? And that's a great question to ask, you know, did I, did I grow spiritually? That's what God is interested in. He's interested in seeing the growth. No matter how, you know, if you're, you know, how old are you, Dallas? Spiritually. Couple months? Four months? It's awesome seeing him singing. First time I saw him, I'm fired out. It was great. I mean, I can see the growth. Tom, how long have you been around? 
as a disciple. He's been around for a long while. 28 years. 28 years, and, and you still you talk to Tom, and you're encouraged, you're fired up about just his faith. You can see the growth. You know, God expects us to grow. Um, another story. Uh, this is not, I mean, I can't make these things up. But when I was growing up, my great grandfather actually had, uh, you know, had like 30 uh, fruit trees in his home. And, you know, and he planted them there for a reason, right? I mean, to get fruit. And every time we go to the, his house, there was some sort of fruit always. There was, some, there was always something. Because there was so many, you know, there was plenty. I mean, I can't even tell you that you don't even know many of them. But there was something interesting because some of those trees actually will not give fruit. And he had this, like a ceremony thing that he would do to the trees that didn't give fruit. I thought it was completely weird. I didn't understand it. And to this day, I'm kind of, you know, curious. I'll, I'll tell you. But what he would do, actually, he will, you know, if the tree was not giving fruit, he will cut down all the branches. He will prune it. Which makes sense to you. That was five. It didn't make sense. He will cut everything. Then the next thing he would do, he will actually get a machete. And, let me see. I don't have a machete, but... Now I'm telling you, I can't make this thing. This is what my mom gave me for Christmas. I'm, 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 I'm up here. This is what my mom gave me for Christmas. Well, I, I was thinking, what am I going to use this for? There you go. If, if this is your first time in church, I'm sorry. I hope you come back next week. There's going to be somebody not as crazy. But he will take a machete and he will actually go to the tree. You know, first he will chop all the things and then he will, he will hit the tree. He will go like this and like hit it all around. And I thought my grandpa was going crazy. My grandpa... You know, what are you doing that? Where do you, where do you hit the tree? And then, kids, you can play with this later. And then he will leaves around it and he will, he will dig a hole and he will create a fire. And he will light it on fire. You know, just, and then, you know, and then you wait to see if the tree will give fruit. You know, if you think about it, you know, the pruning thing makes sense, right? Because, you know, you cut off the leaves, the branches, so there's more strength coming into the tree. The, uh, the leaves also make sense because once you burn the leaves, they actually become fertilizer. Now it makes sense. I still don't know when you hit the tree, when you get the bejesus out of the tree or something. You get scared if that would happen to you. If the, fruit, if the tree will not give fruit, he'll cut it down. And it will be used for firewood. Well, you know, something that we saw all the time. And the scripture actually says that if we don't get fruit, we will be cut down. And then this is Jesus saying, hey, this is warning. You know, have you been given fruit? How has it been, you know, since you became a Christian? Or maybe, maybe you're just visiting today and maybe your life hasn't been given fruit. Maybe you haven't been growing. Crazy thing, what if you were about to be cut down? That's scary. 
have you grown? You know what? What do you think God wants you to grow this year? You know, maybe you did your resolutions and you thought about a couple of things you want to change. And it, I think it's great. I mean, I think we should do some life planning. You know, one of the things that we want to accomplish. But why don't you think about what, it, what does God want for your life? What does God want you to grow in? Maybe you've been around for a while and then you, you still have these grudges against people and you haven't been able to forgive people. Or maybe you're still struggling with your self-control and you, know, and you keep going to the same sin over and over again. And you haven't grown. Maybe it's your faith. Maybe it's your faith the one that needs to grow. Maybe you've been around sitting on the vineyard, protected, being taken care of, and you, the only thing you've been doing is sucking out nutrients. And you've been here taking advantage of the vineyard. And I think God expecting us to give fruit is nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. I mean, I don't know if you want your life to be fruitful. Yep. I mean, I haven't found anybody saying, no, I just, you know, this year I, I, I hope is the worst year of my life. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Everyone wants to, you know, I hope this year will be great and I can wait to see all the things that are going to happen. Everybody wants to be fruitful. And it's good for God to have expectations from us. So what type of fruit are we supposed to get? Let's look in the Bible. Galatians 5.22 I have a couple more minutes, so I'm going to have to hurry up. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such a things, there's no law. So what are we supposed to grow? What are we, you know, when we think about fruit, sometimes we think about multiplying, right? We think about, oh, we're supposed to make other disciples. And this church is pretty good. I mean, we baptized 39 people this year. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Right? I mean, not to the level of what we want to be. But, you know, but we're, we're producing. If you, you can think about it, we're being fruitful. But actually, the Bible talks about, not about multiplying. That's not what God says the fruit is. Fruit is love, patience, kindness, goodness, forbearance, self-control, gentleness, faithfulness. That's what fruit is. You know, a tree cannot produce, a tree cannot produce another tree without giving fruit. You understand what I said? A tree cannot just multiply itself without first having a seed, having fruit. You know, when my sister became a disciple, I remember saying, well, it's good for you. Sure. And you know, the act of doing that, it didn't really do much for me. But when I experienced the kindness, when I experienced her love, when I experienced her joy, her self-control, her patience for me, that changed things. That's what made the difference. You know, and I said, you know what, I'm going to go in that, to that church and I'm going to sit on the back and I'm going to see what they're talking about. Because she is changing. Because I see the fruit of her life. 
And then I came here and I met hundreds of you. And I experienced, experienced that fruit to many different levels. And I was just impacted. Maybe it's the first time you're coming to this church and you've experienced some of that. And you, you felt the love and you felt the kindness. It's, it's true, they're not faking it. You know, this year, what do we focus on? Just one of those things. Instead of thinking, you know, wait, what am I going to grow in? Why don't you pick one of those? Three. Imagine if you were to pick joy this year. You know, this year I'm going to be joyful. No matter what happens, no, no, no matter the situation, I'm just going to be joyful. Things are good, things are bad. Finances are good, the house is bad. I'm just, every morning I'm going to decide that I'm going to have joy. What if you choose self-control? Whoa, that will save, that will, that will solve a lot of issues. What if you say, you know, this year, I'm going to work on my self-control. I'm going to decide that no matter, you know, I'm going to work hard. You know, when you've been doing the same three, the same things for three years, you better do something different. You know, the caregiver actually said, give it one more year. I'm going to try something different. I've been taking care of this the same way. I've been doing the same thing. So let me do something different. Let me do something bold. And see what comes out of it. If that doesn't happen, then cut it down. But give me one more time. Give me one more chance. And maybe there's things in your life that have been the same for many years. And maybe this is the year when you have to do something different. When you have to do something bold. Maybe you've been coming around and maybe you're, you've been visiting again. And, you're, and you, maybe you've been coming for three years. And maybe this year is the time to take things seriously. You know, the three times coming back also represents when God comes to your youth and your youth. Or, you know, in your manhood or womanhood or when you're somebody of age. And He comes back at different times in life. And maybe He's been coming to you in the, you know, when you're youth. And, you know, last year we had nine kids get baptized. It was pretty awesome. And uh, the theme for this year, for the, our team ministry, is change the world. I have to play about that one a couple times. Change the world. And I have to ask, can we do that? And I, see the, and I see your eyes, and I believe you can. But what, what if you're in, in the singles ministry, in the campus ministry? This is the time, this is your prime time. This is when you, the tree is producing the most. This is when there's harvest, and you pick up bags, and this is, this is the time for you to produce. But maybe you're in your age, and you know, you're a little older, Something cool about an older tree is that you have confidence that it will produce something every year. You know, you know, by February we're going to be picking up the harvest and we're going to make jam or whatever you're going to do with it. And there's confidence. Like I said, we, we have grown, we are being fruitful, but not to the way God expects us to be fruitful. I know we can do a lot more. I know we can change the world. 
But it's going to take you and me to decide to work on those things. To decide to be fruitful. To really put, you know, I'm going to work on it this year. I'm going to be fruitful. When God comes to me next year, I'm going to say, God, I've worked in these things. Look, here is the result. Here is the fruit. There's some things that we might have to prune out of our life. Maybe there's things that have to prune out of our church. Maybe we have to build a fire around it. It's scared the bejesus out of the devil from here. When you, when you dig around a tree, you put faith into it because you're, you're thinking that there's going to be rain coming down and you don't want anything to stop it. I believe there's rain coming. There's rain coming in your life, but are you going to be ready to receive that rain? Are you going to be ready to be fruitful? Church, I love you very much. Let's be fruitful. We're actually going to, we're going to end with a prayer, so please join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you very much for today and uh, the opportunity to hear, to hear your word. We are inspired by it. We get hope. We, we can think about when you were looking at us when we were not even a baby. When we were a seed and that you knew that there was a plan for us. That you knew that we will be fruitful one day. And that you planted us here for a reason. God, I pray that this year we believe in that. And we can hold on to the truth that you want to bless our life. That you want to multiply our life. That you have so much love for us. Father, I pray that we do our job, that we prune our things that need to be removed, that we dig a hole around, around us, and we remove the things that have been holding us down. God, I pray that this year we are ready for the rain. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, man. That's great. That's great. That's great.